Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you. Welcome to Radio Islam. This is your host, Tariq Alameen, and we're broadcasting on WCEV 1450 AM, and we're streaming at WCEV1450.com. If you have not already done so, make sure you are connected to us on social media. You'll find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We're at Radio Islam USA. That's at Radio Islam USA. And also take a moment to subscribe to the podcast. You will find us wherever you get yours at. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, and TuneIn, just to name a few of those platforms. And we're at that same username that is at Radio Islam USA. All right, folks, I am really excited to be joined uh, in studio by a group of really uh, just good-looking and intelligent, articulate-looking young folks, uh, seventh and eighth graders, who uh, their wonderful teacher, uh, Brother Tony Credit from Abyssinia Academy in Crown Point, Indiana. He is also the director of student success there, uh, and he has brought them here to have a nice chat uh, they're a good group and group. Uh, they're a good-looking group of folks. I want to first uh, welcome Tony. Assalamualaikum. Waalaikumsalam. Thanks for having me. Oh, it is a pleasure. It's a pleasure. So you have brought your seventh and eighth grade students. Yes. Yes. Uh, yes. And we've got how many folks do we have here? Eleven total. Eleven total. Yeah. Eleven total. Now, is this the first time that uh, that you all have embarked on this type of a journey? Because I said you're coming from Crown Point. Yes, this is their first time that they've, uh, for several of them, this is their first time riding the train. Okay. And uh, their first time with me on a field trip of this quite di this distance from home. So, yes, this is their first time. Okay, all right. And, and everybody looks uh, reasonably happy. So, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess that uh, you guys are having a pretty decent time so far. So, I think at this point, why don't we go ahead and go around the room and, and get the names and... Uh, find out who do we who we have in the room, and you guys can say uh, hello to the Radio Sound family. Let's start right over here, young brother. Uh, Assalamu alaikum. My name is Musa, and ah, uh, uh, you know the hobbies I like doing is well. Number one is watching anime. Number two is playing Fortnite, and that's the most I can think of right now. Well, that, that's a lot. That's and a lot. My age, my age is 13, so that's all I have to say. <laughs> all right. Thank you. And, and I should tell you all, Radio Sound family, that I asked them, wanted to hear three things about them. at least three things, right? And some folks have a lot more than that. But we want to know uh, their name, their age, and to give us something unique about them, a hobby, uh, maybe a favorite subject, a career aspiration, um, or if they have any debt already. Does anybody have any debt <laughs> yet? No, nobody has credit cards in here? Okay. Nobody? Okay, that's good. That's a different crowd. All right, we're going to go back here. Assalamu alaikum. My name is Iyad. I'm 14 years old. Uh, I want to be an orthopedic doctor, and my favorite hobby is basketball. Okay. Good stuff. Good stuff. Assalamu alaikum. My name is Nabil, and my favorite subject is math, and I'm 14 years old. All right. Thank you, Nabil. Assalamu alaikum, my name is Shahid. I am 12 years old and I want to be a football player when I grow up. You want to be a football player? Uh, and what position is your favorite? Uh, probably a wide receiver. Okay. All right. All right. Good stuff. Thank you. Assalamu alaikum, my name is Abdullah. I am 13 years old and uh, one of my hobbies is just kind of being at home, editing some videos, stuff like that. Oh, you edit videos? Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, you, you record first, right? Yeah. I mean, 
Okay. You, I mean, are they all just your videos, or you edit Sometimes, anybody's? like, some people just send them over, and I just edit them for them, depending on what it is for them. Yeah. All right, I'm, I'm going to stop for a second. Abdullah, tell us, is there anywhere we can find some of those videos that you've edited? Um, no, not really. It's just uh, kind of a private thing. I just send them to a couple of friends and stuff like that. Okay, we'll, uh, we'll keep, uh, keep our eyes on you, a future videographer. Uh, okay, my brother right over here. Assalamualaikum, my name is Karim. I'm 13 years old and my favorite sport is soccer. And that's also a hobby. Okay, and who's your favorite team? My favorite team? I don't know, it's kind of hard. I don't really have a favorite team. <laughs> a soccer? Yeah, now I look, soccer, soccer uh, fans have a... Uh, they've got a reputation about being really diehard. At least outside of outside the U.S. Right, those guys are really serious. So you know, you don't have a a, a team yet, or a club. You don't have a club yet. <laughs> no, not yet. Okay, you gotta get one. Got <laughs> Next time I talk to you, I hope you hope you narrow it down. <laughs> like, Chicago Fire. Yeah, it was right? Chicago Fire. No, I don't know. I don't no. Okay, that's Chicago's team. <laughs> yeah. See, he doesn't. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right. All good. Yes, okay. sir. Uh, Assalamu alaikum. My name is Ahmed, and I'm 12 years old. And a hobby I like doing is just playing sports in general. Okay. No favorite sport? No favorite sport. I mean, they're all fine. Okay. Basketball? Yeah, that's good. All right. Are you watching the uh, playoffs? Yeah. All right. Are you rooting for anybody? Uh, uh, not really. Yeah. Okay. Well, you, you probably get disappointed right now. Uh, it's been a lot of uh, disappointments for a lot of folks right now. But, yeah. Anyway, thank you so much for that. My brother. Assalamu alaikum. My name is Amin. I'm 13 years old, and I like playing gym. Playing gym. Yeah. Okay. That's like so. That's your favorite subject. Your favorite favorite part of the day. Kind of. Yeah. Okay. So you're an active guy. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's good stuff. Stay active. That's that's the key to. That's one of the keys to staying healthy. Trust me. And I'm sitting down, telling you all this. So you know, the more you sit down, the harder things get to, uh, you know, stay in shape. All right. What? One of my sisters, yes. Assalamu alaikum. My name is Jinan. I'm 12 years old, and I like to draw and color. Okay, Jinan. So you are an artist, an artist. I'm not good at it, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's something you enjoy doing. Yes. Okay. Uh, uh, do you like drawing um, people, places, uh, animate or inanimate? Uh, I'm also just color, but whenever I'm drawing, I just look uh, what's online and try to draw in my own style. Okay, but but you don't think you're very good? No. Has anybody told you that you're good? Yeah. But you don't think you're good? No. Huh, so you think they're just being nice to you? Yes. I, I, I wish you had some of your art with you. I do, but you're probably better than you think you are. Yeah, probably. Yeah, well, if you keep keep doing it. You know, the better you get, better and better. But it's good you enjoy it. That's the most important thing. Yes. So, thank you. All right. Assalamu alaikum. My name is Anam. I am 12 years old. I am very energetic and I love reading. And I want to be a pharmacologist when I grow up. You want to be a pharmacologist? You've already, you've, so, okay, you've already figured out what you want to do. All right, so pharmacology. Tell, because some of you may not know, I only have a half of a, an idea. Right. Tell us what pharmacology is. So pharmacology is when you technically try to make more of the same medicine or try to make something new. Okay. All right. There's a lot of schooling involved with that. Yeah. Well, that's good. That's good. So you like science? Yeah. All right. Well, good stuff. We'll be we'll be looking for you to 
uh, do some big things in pharmacology. Inshallah. Thank you. Inshallah. Yes. Um, Assalamu My name is Miriam. I am 13 years old. Um, I want to be a fashion designer when I grow up, and um, my favorite hobby is sewing. Go, girl. Okay. <laughs> I'm just left. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. So, uh, are you? So you already sew? Yes. So, do you have a, a machine? Yeah. All right. Now, do you sew with? Uh, do you use patterns, or can you sew just from? From your, you know, what comes in your head. Well, I like to like sketch first and design ideas, and then I start sewing it. You know, that's one of the wonderful things that I really appreciate about uh, fashion, is that you have to combine the concept, the ability to think of something, and then to sketch it out, right? So you got to be able to draw it out, and then it comes to picking fabric yeah. and deciding what kind of stitches you're going to use and. Uh, all that good stuff. So tell me, what's your favorite part of, uh, of sewing? Um, my favorite part is designing the ideas because you could get really creative with it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, do you come up with the ideas by yourself or do you? Um, I'm usually inspired by things like around me or I come up with the ideas. Okay. Um, one more question. What in particular do you, um, like what's the signature piece that, uh, that you'd like to make? Um, like, I just like to, like, you know, not quite sure yet, actually. Okay, all right. I like just signing things and when I'm done with it. Okay. Yeah. All right, that's good, that's good. Uh, now let me ask my man over here, Fortnite. Um, yeah. So you, how many hours, because I've heard this game is really addictive. Um, <laughs> how many hours are you putting in on Fortnite? One hour. One hour a day? Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, not... Uh, during the weekends, but during the weekdays, yeah. Okay, so you're, you're disciplined. Okay. Not really, I just choose not to play more than one hour on the weekdays. Okay, all right. Now, you all tell me this. Uh, what has been the highlight? Anybody, just throw it out there. What has been uh, the, the best thing that you've done thus far? Uh, say this interview right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, really. What, what what's been uh, what's been an enjoyable point for you today? Good. Eating Subway. That was really enjoyable. Eating Subway. Okay. We're gonna have to see if we can get some uh, promotional consideration right, right. from Subway. <laughs> um, Abdullah. I guess kind of walking around, looking at all the skyscrapers and like the beauty of the city. Yeah. Yeah. Some beautiful architecture here. You had some? Yeah, being with my friends and, you know, walking around in Chicago, exploring. Okay. All right. That's good. Yes? Uh, probably being here learning about the equipment Okay, so Ready Sun Family, we, we did, prior to us coming on, we went through some of the equipment that we use, not all of it, but, you know, the, the basics, the mic, the mixer. Uh, as most of you know, we are coming to you from downtown Chicago in the Palmer House. Uh, remote broadcasting 99% of the time uh, nowadays. But every now and again, we do get over to WCB Studios uh, over on Belmont. So we're just kind of showing them how we go about the process of, of putting together an interview and even talked about editing and a bunch of other stuff that none of you really care about. But anyway, um, so that actually has been pretty exciting for me because you know I don't get to talk about those things. Uh, at least, you know, no one cares. Uh, Being no. on air with my friends. Yes. Can, can I get a, a, a radio slam? 
Uh, on three, everybody. One, two, three. Radio is Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let me ask, how long will you guys be? Uh, how long are you going to be here? I mean, downtown. And maybe, uh, Tony, you might want yeah. to answer that. We, uh, our train leaves about uh, 2.20 or 2.30 or so for about another hour. So, okay. Yeah. All right. Now, I, I did tell you all that Radio Islam is the only daily English language uh, radio program produced by Muslims, uh, hosted by Muslims. And it is not just, this is the thing, it's not just for Muslims, right? It's something that, um, really, because half of our listeners, if you know this or not, are not Muslims, right? So we, we, we present, I think, a really unique um, perspective. And we do it knowing that we're talking to everybody, Muslims and our neighbors. That's, that's kind of how we like to uh, put it. But it has been a pleasure having you guys here. Would you tell folks maybe uh, that are listening a little bit about the school? Okay. Yeah, yeah we're at uh, Avicenna Academy in 98803 Colorado Street in Crown Point, Indiana. Mm -hmm. And we are a small private school, the only Islamic school in the area. Mm -hmm. And it's, uh, it's the masjid there as well. And we have, uh, it's like a family. The kids all come to school together every day. We have 7th and 8th grade together. And they've been together for the last three years. And we have a school that's based upon like building self-esteem. So we don't have the system, you know, you go to a regular public school and they have a system whereby they start giving kids grades of like A, B, C's and D's at a young age, mm -hmm. which should, could have a huge impact on self-esteem. Sure. So at our school, we try to not to do that. So when the kids get papers back, they don't get letter grades like that. Right? They get grade cards, but they don't get letter grades like that. And we constantly work on building their self-esteem. So we have enrichment time every morning. We're talking about having a positive inner voice, uh, how to be, how to represent Islam in the community, uh, in high school, and how to just be, you know, better students and better people. And so our curriculum is a lot, a lot more advanced than most middle schools, mm -hmm. and it works really well because they really, they really do exceptionally well when, when it comes to testing and things of that nature. So uh, it's a lot of fun. Okay. Good time at our school. All right. How, how long has the school, uh, Abyssinia Academy, how long has it been around? Uh, Abyssinia Academy, uh, uh, we're going, I think we're going on our 12th year. Which oh, wow. Yeah. All right. 12th year, yeah. That's, that is wonderful. Yeah. Well, I wish you all could see their faces. You know what? I'm going to take that back because I'm going to take a picture so you'll, you'll get to see their faces. But right. Right. Uh, this does look like a really good group of, uh, of young people. Um, They're outstanding. They all have different talents. They, you know, they all have different skills. And, you know, even though Fortnite consumes some for some of them, you know, some Fortnite consumes them more than they really say it does. But uh, it really, it really, it really plays out academically as well because uh, sometimes they can use information when we learn things. They can connect the dots with Fortnite and uh, what was it? They, the Minecraft. Night you were, Minecraft, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. It all comes into play in the, in the classroom. Roblox. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, I, I was saying uh, off air that. I grew up going to, at the time, it was a Sister Clara Muhammad school. Um, small, private uh, school in the community of uh, Imam Warthi Muhammad. And it was very much, you all remind me very much of that. Uh, very family oriented. You see the same people every single day. And sometimes that's great, and sometimes that can grate on your nerves a little bit. <laughs> right. but, but it's more good than it is bad. So I, I'm going to say right now, and I'm going to ask everybody listening to make dua, to pray for uh, Abyssinia Academy, to pray for their teachers, their administrators, and most importantly, to pray for the young people uh, that are there. 
and, and that you all, we're praying that you all will fulfill whatever your aspirations are, that you continue to rep, represent Islam in the best uh, light. And hopefully you guys, in 30 years from now, because you've been together for three years now, right? Together every day? Yes? No? Some even more. Some even more. Yeah, because they've been ever since they were small, younger. So some of you have been together for six years, right? Six years, six and seven years. Well, I yeah. pray that you all, in 30 years from now, inshallah, everybody is, is still moving forward, that you all are still connected uh, to each other, that you don't lose touch with each other, right? So um, I really appreciate you bringing the class in. I appreciate being able to hear from all of you. Wish we had more time uh, to talk, but definitely hope that you enjoy the rest of your, your, your stay down here for the day. Maybe you'll get that Garrett's, maybe not. We appreciate that. Everybody can Radio Islam one more time. Yeah. One, two, three. Radio Islam! Thank you very much. All right. All right, Radio Islam family. Stay tuned. We're going to take a short break, but we will be back in a moment. This is Radio Islam. We're on WCEV 1450 AM. As an 18-year-old, I let my mistakes kind of take over my life. I was 0.5 credits away from completing high school, and I didn't do it. 10 years later, at age 28, Jackie finished her high school diploma. When I found out that I was pregnant, I know that I had to do something for myself if I wanted to make her a better person and provide a better life for her. My family never stopped pushing for me to be better because they knew what I could become and who I could become as a person. My support team is amazing the educational director, my sister, and even my seven-year-old daughter has just been more than the support that I could ask for. But I've been given an opportunity, and I'm just thankful for it. No one gets a diploma alone. If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm your host, Smokey Cole Bear. Filling in for Smokey, because after 75 years of... Only you can prevent wildfires. Turns out there's much more to say. Nearly 90% of wildfires are caused by us humans being careless, dumping our used barbecue coals willy-nilly. Guess the song was wrong. We did start the fire. That's why I respect Mother Nature and her trees, whether coniferous or new car scented. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Welcome back. Welcome back to Radio Islam. This is your host, Tariq Alameen, and we are still broadcasting on WCEV 1450 AM. That's right. We haven't gone anywhere, and we are streaming at WCEV1450.com. Remember, folks, we are on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and you'll find us at Radio Islam USA. And also subscribe to the podcast because we know we are in a you want it your way, you get it your way uh, type of world today. So you might not be able to tune in from 6 to 7 p.m. Central, or you might miss that broadcast, that streaming broadcast, but you can always go to wherever you get your podcasts. So Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, tune in. Uh, you'll find us at Radio Islam USA. All right, family, um, I want to take a moment to share with you, uh, for those of you who are signed up 
uh, for Sound Vision's newsletters, uh, weekly newsletters. One of the things that have been of great value uh, to many people, Muslims and our neighbors, uh, one of those things has been the weekly thinking points, talking points. And it's valuable for a number of reasons. Uh, first off, uh, with so much news coming at us, with so much going on that affects Muslims, sometimes it can become difficult to process what we are seeing, what we are hearing in the news media, in the mainstream news media. And Thinking Points, Talking Points is one of those resources that Sound Vision has provided for not only the Muslim community, but for uh, for those in the U.S. in general, for those who are interested in the perspectives that Muslims may have regarding some of those issues that are brought up, uh, this is one of those resources that is invaluable. And we want to take a moment to talk about last Sunday's uh, horrific and shameful and just downright evil loss of life uh, that was fueled by hatred and cowardice, and, uh, and, and all the absolute worst that, that can come out of a human being. Uh, we want to talk about that violence that took place that resulted in over 300 Christians that were celebrating one of their holiest days, uh, Easter Sunday, that were murdered by terrorists. And in addition to those 300-plus uh, uh, individuals who lost their lives. Uh, there were also another 500 that were injured. And of course, we know this took place in Sri Lanka. So there were three churches that were targeted and there were three hotels. Uh, there were about nine bombs that went off. And uh, what's really interesting is how the media, uh, how the Indian news media in particular, how they responded to it in a really quick I mean, just a tremendously rapid response uh, to, uh, to, to an event that, that shook all people of conscience. So in this week's Thinking Points, Talking Points, we deal directly with this. And first, we begin by stating unequivocally um, that we stand in solidarity with Sri Lankan Christians, and we convey our deepest sorrows. We pray that God give comfort to their loved ones and may he bless the injured with a quick and a lasting recovery, not just from the physical wounds, but from the, the psychological uh, wounds that, that, that accompany survival of an event like this, uh, that accompany survival of a tragedy of this magnitude. So we pray for, for those uh, individuals and we pray for a response that can help us to uh, to begin to address the root causes of this violence. Uh, we pray for a response that will allow for the, for the historical cooperation that has existed between marginalized communities in Sri Lanka. In particular, we're talking about its Christian community and its Muslim community. And we'll, we'll get into that a little bit more, but we pray that uh, whatever response is one that allows for their cooperation to, uh, to increase uh, and that this not be an event that separates them. So right now, we know that minorities are under attack around the world. And it is 
extremely important that we work with each other. And this is why uh, we provide media outlets with press contacts from the Christian Sri Lankan community early uh, a few mornings ago. Now, this is something that happened on behalf uh, at the behest of Sound Vision. So we stand in fellowship with Sri Lankan Muslims who have been under attack for several years, several years, and have informed the Sri Lankan government of the existence of an extremist group three years ago. So the extremist element is not something that was unknown, that was under the radar. This is something that Sri Lankan Muslims had reported to the Sri Lankan government. Now, when we're dealing with suicide bombing, suicide bombing in Sri Lanka has been mainly carried out by the Tamil Tigers. And what's interesting about this is when most folks who hear suicide bombing in today's world are going to, usually are going to associate that with Muslims. What's interesting about this here is that the Tamil Tigers are in fact Hindus. Uh, in fact, they have been described as the inventors of modern-day suicide bombings. So Christians and Muslim relations in Sri Lanka uh, is something that we have to look at because even though this took place uh, at the hands of, uh, of, of non-Muslims, we realize that the impact of it is such that it can present a wedge. It can present itself as a reason for, for these two marginalized communities to step away from one another. So, as I said, both of these communities are minorities, Christians and Muslims, and they have coexisted peacefully with each other. There has been no conflict between these two faith communities. They've both been very supportive of one another, uh, particularly in their resistance to uh, Buddhist extremism, which is not something that we generally associate with the idea of Buddhism. We really look at it more as a pacifist for those who have, you know, we're talking about even just a cursory knowledge of, of Buddhism. It's not something that you're going to look at and think that you're dealing with folks who are aggressive, who are violent, but that is, in fact, what we are uh, dealing with in this particular context. And what might give you a better understanding of how that type of extremism came to be uh, in Sri Lanka from the uh, Buddhist community, I would say take a listen to the interview we did a couple of days ago with Dr. Shanta Primorathana. He's the president of the Omnia Institute for Contextual Leadership, uh, which is a global training organization which builds interfaith peacemaker teams. And their whole goal is to counter religious extremism and region-based oppression, domination, and violence. So um, go to SoundCloud, go to Google Play, go to Apple Podcasts, tune in wherever you get your podcast, uh, and listen to that interview because he gives a really interesting assessment on the connection between colonialism and Buddhist extremism as it exists today in Sri Lanka that I think you will find great benefit in. So go back and check that out. So right now, um, well, I should say up until this point, the Muslim and the Christian community, they've worked together uh, to develop a peaceful society in Sri Lanka through interfaith meetings and peace councils. Now, when it comes to Sri Lankan Muslims, they've been under attack by Buddhist extremists for years. 
Now, Sri Lankan Muslims constitute a bit over 9% of the country's total population. So once again, we're looking at, uh, well, if we did a comparison between the Muslim population uh, there and in the United States, there's certainly a much larger, uh, much larger demographic uh, there than they are here. In the U.S., Muslims are 1% of the population. Uh, in another space, that comes to mind only because of the horrific violence that took place there. New Zealand, once again, another space, 1% of the population. But here, still a minority population, Sri Lankan Muslims are about 9%. So they've been under attack, and uh, a part of the way they've dealt with that, it has been through the mutual aid and assistance that has been uh, central to Muslim-Christian relations there, both as minority communities. Now, Buddhists, constitute a majority of Sri Lanka. They are 70% of the population, and the past government of Sri Lanka supported the Buddhist extremist movement. And it was called Bodu Balasina, which has carried out attacks on Sri Lankan minorities, uh, especially against Muslims. So the current president, Mathrapala Sirasena, uh, though he's taken a strong stand against Sri Lankan uh, Buddhist extremists, uh, it is still not necessarily quelled attacks on Muslims. Uh, many of you recall that uh, last year, 2018, there were multiple attacks by Buddhist extremists uh, against Muslims in Sri Lanka. Now, to also connect this globally, um, connect this globally in terms of Islamophobia, um, there's also, there have been campaigns, I should say, there have been com campaigns against Muslims eating halal food in Sri Lanka. Now, connect this to the uh, Uyghur um, crisis that is taking place in China, where Uyghur Muslims are also uh, under attack, and th that is one of the basic things that is uh, that's being denied or that's being attacked. Halal food, right? So, in addition to uh, the concentration camps, one of the indignities uh, and disgraces that they are having to uh, deal with, they are being forced to eat food that is in contradiction with Muslim beliefs. Uh, so there's, there's a connection, and it may seem to be a small one, but it's not. I promise you, it's not a small connection at all. But let's talk about the Indian connection here. Now, the Sri Lankan government, which I mentioned earlier on, uh, that they made the statement that it was a Muslim group in Sri Lanka that was responsible for this atrocity. And this took place not 24 hours after the attack. However, the Washington Post reported that this allegation is based on information provided by the Indian intelligence agencies. Uh, Indian media listed names of suspects 30 minutes after the attack. I mean, that is, I would say that's almost unheard of. Like, how do you get the names and faces of folks 30 minutes after Okay, but I, I'm, I'm, we'll, we'll keep moving. Uh, and, you know, and I'll just tell you this right now. If you're not getting the thinking points, talking points in your inbox on a weekly basis, then you all, all you have to do to get that, send an email to info at soundvision.com. That's info at soundvision.com. has to be placed on the email list. Uh, and this type of information as well as uh, information related to any of the pressing matters 
uh, that come out, uh, things that are in the media, things that Muslims, that people of conscience need to be aware of. And maybe uh, these, are, these are the types of things that once you are aware of and once you have the proper frame of uh, reference, that you're able to go out and have impactful conversations with others. So, as I said, go to uh, or send an email to info at soundvision.com and you'll be able to get yourself on that list and you'll have that information. And that's the information that I'm sharing with you right now. It's directly from the uh, thinking points and talking points around the atrocity that took place uh, in Sri Lanka. So getting back to this uh, intelligence. So um, the Washington Post, they reported that this allegation is based on information provided by the Indian intelligence agencies. Right. So the New York Times, they documented the Indian connection as early as October 15th, 2014. And this was in an editorial entitled Deadly Alliances Against Muslims. Now, it might seem like we're taking our eye off of the uh, the atrocity, off of the victims. But I, I assure you, that's not what's taking place. Think about this in terms of who has the most to lose in, in, in this type of violence. Who has the most to lose in the current environment where Muslims are being labeled, not just Muslims, but Islam in general, right, is being named uh, or portrayed as incompatible with pluralism that uh, that Muslims only want to destroy others and only want to put others under their dominion. Think about who has the most to lose. And when you think about it and you look at the history, you realize that it is actually Muslims, and we're talking in, in Sri Lanka, but we can say globally, right? We think about the violence that we see that's taking place under the under the auspices of 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 Muslim extremism. We can see that it is actually Muslims who have the most to lose and are most impacted by these types of uh, horrific events. So, getting back to that piece. Uh, that piece that was in the New York Times, Deadly Alliances Against Muslims, it warned against the alliance between the Hindu extremists and Buddhist extremists. It talked about how they were collaborating with each other against the Muslim community. India's Prime Minister Modi and Indian President Ramnath Kovind are both card-carrying members of Indian fascist organization RSS, whose leader killed Mahatma Gandhi. Right? It was their leader who killed Mahatma Gandhi. Now, the Tamil Tigers, who carried out a 30-year-long insurgency in Sri Lanka, were initially trained by the Indian Army. Right? They were trained by the Indian Army. This is the same group that we mentioned earlier that uh, is the progenitor of the uh, suicide bombing. But when India withdrew its support, the Prime Minister of India at that time, was killed, this is in 1991, by a Tamil suicide bomber connected to the very same group that assassinated Mahatma Gandhi. So the question, even, even hearing all of that, it's a legitimate question to ask, 
Is it possible that a Muslim extremist group is emerging in Sri Lanka? Absolutely. It is absolutely possible. Knowing the world of ISIS, uh, it is certainly possible. Uh, knowing that people, uh, particularly oppressed or marginalized groups, uh, once again, I reference you back to the interview we did with uh, Dr. Shanta uh, Primordhana and uh, who, who explores the connection between colonialism and oppression of ethnic identity, religious identity, uh, cultural identity, and the resurgence of religion and, 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 and using it, oh, I shouldn't say using it, but, but it becoming a platform or weaponized almost, uh, you know, because of that history. So I invite you to go back to that. Right. So because we don't know. Yes, it's absolutely positively possible. Sure. But everything has a context. The context does not negate the atrocity. It does not somehow sterilize or sanitize the uh, the loss of life or make it justifiable. But it it allows us to see it in its formation. And hopefully in, in seeing how something is formed, how it's constructed, it allows us to respond to it in a way that deconstructs it. Right? I think that should be the, the overall goal, is that we're looking to deconstruct these, you know, this, this, this process, this mindset. We're looking to deconstruct that so that we're not, we're not just uh, cutting weeds off an inch above the ground. Because that weed grows right back. We've got to deal with it at the source. Now, some would, some would try to espouse that the source is Islam, but we know that's not the case, right? The Islamophobia industry spent hundreds of millions of dollars to present that case. Um, but the, the fact is, if you've got 1.6 billion Muslims and the majority of us are living productive and peaceful lives, living lives that, um, that add value, not only to our own uh, groups, but add value to society at large. It shows you that this idea of Muslim incompatibility is absolutely false, and there's something deeper uh, behind it. But anyway, it's important for us to accept the responsibility or accept the challenge, the charge of deconstructing uh, violence that is taking place under the banner of religion. It's important that people of conscience, uh, that people of faith are stand in direct opposition to that and not in a way that we reproduce that same violence, that same aggression and dysfunction and, and all of that, but to do it in a way where we come out better and we really represent what these beautiful faith traditions have to offer. So Muslims in Sri Lanka, right? I know I, I, I diverted for a moment, but Muslims in Sri Lanka have warned the government as recently as three years ago about a very small Muslim fringe organization which uses extremist language, although it had no history of violence. They were warned three years ago 
three years ago. Now, all minorities are under attack around the world. It's critical for governments to protect minorities around the world, whether Muslims, Christians, uh, or any faith, or any minority group, any marginalized group. It is important that governments rise to the occasion, that they, that they answer the call to provide safety and security for every human being, every citizen, every visitor that is present. Now, it's also important for scholars to dwell on the rising nationalism, which is merging into fascism. Indian Hindu nationalism, which caused uh, Genocide Watch to issue a genocide warning for the Indian state of Assam. The Chinese mix of communism and nationalist chauvinism that has sent two million Uyghur Muslims to the concentration camps and white nationalism taking place in, 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 in European countries and right here in the United States. They're all, they're all bound to a similar world outlook. And that outlook is very similar to ISIS ideology. So there is a push uh, and, and it cloaked itself in different names and whether it be under nationalism, uh, whether it's under race or whether it's under religion. But the concept is the same and the outcome is the same. Those minority communities have the most to lose in those uh, in those situations. So once again, the Muslim demographic, the Muslim population of Sri Lanka is 9%. A minority community who has enjoyed a productive relationship with their Christian counterparts who are also a minority community in Sri Lanka. And I believe their number is around 14%. Who loses the most by violence that's, that is carried out against the other minority? And we, could, we also know that Hindus are a minority uh, in Sri Lanka as well. But who loses the most when it comes to violence that's carried out and then, uh, then that violence is claimed by so-called Muslims? It is the Muslims that have been at the table, that have been working to support one another against Buddhist extremism. So if you do the math, or, or at least if you just consider, just, just, just think about it. Think about who has the most to lose and think about how it's been presented and how, uh, and who's presenting it and all of the contradictory evidence or factors, I should say. I don't want to say evidence, but contradictory uh, uh, factors that say that they were warned about an extremist group, even though that group had had no um, history of violence. So just think about that. I mean, there's a lot to think about. And what we're being pushed to more often than not nowadays is to simply feel and act off of how we are made to feel. And in general, what we're being made to feel or asked to feel or pushed to feel is anger. And anger is something that clouds judgment. 
So it's not a time for us to become angry. It's a time for us to become determined. It's a time for us to have even greater resolve to come together as people of faith, as people of conscience. It's time for us to do our best to represent the best of what we have to give uh, as a human family. So we don't control the world. We know this. We know God controls the world. But we do have a responsibility to act. And we do have, we have the freedom to speak up. Let's make sure that we're doing that. So we'll take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to be joined by uh, employment specialist Kimberly S. Pearson over at the Chicago Urban League. And we'll have the job report for this week. All right, this is Radio Salam. We're on WCEV 1450 AM. You might know me, I'm 50 Cent. You may follow my tweets, my Facebook friends. Odds are a few in the six degrees separate us. We're that close. What's crazy is one in six don't know where their next meal is coming from. These are your coworkers, your neighbors, your friends. Hunger's too close for us to ignore. So visit feedingamerica.org hunger and find your local food bank to see how you can make a difference. From one close friend to another, let's do this. I'm 50 Cent and together we are Feeding America. A message from Feeding America and the Ad Council. The Syrian Community Network, with offices nationwide, serves its Chicago area clients from its Northside location, located at 5439 North Broadway. They provide housing, social services, education, basic human needs, and food security. The Syrian Community Network has Arabic-speaking staff and is a partner organization of the Illinois Coalition for Immigrant and Refugee Rights. You can get more info by calling area code 872 806-0141 that's area code 872-806-0141 or by visiting their website at syriancommunitynetwork.org Hey everyone you know, Let's all stop what we're doing right now and take a moment That felt good, huh? Just like that, we had a nice, special sort of moment, together. Of course, they don't all need to be quiet moments to be special. They could be loud moments, goofy moments, sporty moments, dorky moments. Moments where we talk or walk or just hang out. It doesn't really matter. They all count. Because every time dads like us take a moment like that to spend with our kids, well, it's pretty momentous. <laughs> Sounds like somebody agrees. So let's take a moment to make a moment. Today, call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Welcome back. Welcome back to Radio Islam. This is your host, Tariq el and we are broadcasting on WCEV 1450 AM. We are streaming at WCEV1450.com. 
And if you have not already done so, make sure that you are following us on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and you'll find us at Radio Islam USA. Uh, last but not least, make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, TuneIn, just to name a few of those platforms. And we're at that same username, at Radio Islam USA. All right, folks, uh, it is time for the weekly jobs report. Each week we check in with our friends over at the Chicago Urban League, uh, specifically employment specialist extraordinaire Kimberly S. Pearson, and she gives us the rundown on what jobs are available. So those of you who are looking for your first job, a better job, a uh, next job or whatever it is, uh, <laughs> this is the time that you want to pay attention. So how are you doing, Kim? I'm good. How are you three? I am great. I'm great. Just looking forward to to seeing what I need to write down and, and pass off to folks. <laughs> yes, I hope this is some good stuff then. Um, and so I'll go ahead and get started. Uh, first up, I have um, with one of our employer partners, Access Living, which is a social service agency here in Chicago that caters to uh, working with the disabled community. Uh, they're looking for a director of independent living services. And this person is basically responsible for um, making sure services are running smoothly for individuals that are receiving direct services from the organization. Um, you also would be responsible, responsible for providing overall strategic direction of the organization and program development as it relates to the uh, actual program participants. So you'd be responsible for programming and budgeting, day-to-day -day operations, human resources. Uh, this is a pretty lucrative opportunity, and some of the um, pre or the requirements are you do need to have a bachelor's degree, a master's is preferred but not required, and a significant amount of experience and supervision and or management to a pretty large organization that's directed on service delivery. Um, <clears throat> so I would say anyone who's interested in Working as a at the top of a nonprofit, this would be for you. Um, if you're interested in applying, you would send your resume and cover letter to the uh, organization's president, which is Marco Baristo, and you would actually send that email to careers at accessliving.org. And if you're interested in what the pay is, it ranges between sixty-nine and seventy-eight a year. So. Pretty lucrative, I would say. Yeah. Um, definitely enough to have a pretty comfortable living, I think. But <laughs> there may be some that feel like this is uh, lower than their, their pay range, and that's okay, too. That means this is not for you. Um, next up, I have with the University of Chicago, we have a wonderful relationship with their Harris School of Public Policy, and they're looking for a few different roles. One of them specifically is an operations manager. Um, this person <clears throat> is someone who needs to definitely have experience with supervising individuals, uh, really good with facilities management. And when I spoke with the actual hiring manager from their human resources department, they are looking for someone who has AutoCAD experience, um, and that is a, a, um, a, a software or a, I believe it's a tool that individuals use when it comes to buildings. And then also LEED certification, so that L-E-E-D, I've seen it before um, on specific Position. So this position specifically, those are things that you need to be bringing with you. Um, 
you do need to have a bachelor's degree and a minimum of three years of relevant work experience. Now, I have the link for you to apply, but because I'm also assisting them with screening clients, if you're interested in applying for the position, I ask that you send your cover letter and resume to me, and in turn, I will send you the link to go ahead and apply for the position. And based off of what your experience is, maybe I can offer you another role. They're also looking for a project, associate project manager, and a officer for individual uh, giving and, don and the donors relations department. Another very lucrative, lucrative uh, position. All of them really are. So if you're interested, you can send me your resume and cover letter to uh, kpearson at the chicagourbanleague.org, and that information I will be able to um, share with you once you share your information with me. Uh, next up, I have, uh, I'm working with a, uh, individual who's helping to hire up for a warehouse in the city of Chicago. So I know this is not ideal employment for everyone, but for some people it is. Um, they're looking for individuals who can work in the warehouse, um, on the day shift and the positions are full time. And you would be responsible for receiving and processing uh, stock that's coming in. And you would stock shelves and pick shipping orders, load and unload trucks. The position does pay um, full with full benefits, vacation, holidays, health insurance, and offers a 401k package. You can actually call to get more details and or schedule an appointment with their hiring manager, her name is Bonnie, and their phone number is 312-318-2228. And those position, that position, they're looking to hire 10 individuals. Um, again, it's not for everyone, but for those who have experience um, in that world would possibly want to explore an opportunity in that world. Um, also, I wanted to talk a little bit about individuals who's looking for upcoming career fairs. Next uh, week on Tuesday, April 30th at 10 a.m., we are co-hosting a job career fair um, at the Harper Court Apartments with the Greater Bronzeville Neighborhood Network, uh, better known also as the GBNN. And that career fair, we're looking to have a nice amount of of employers on site that will kind of speak to across the board. Um, it's again, it's next Tuesday, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. at Harper Court in Hyde Park. Um, anyone that's looking to participate and come out, if you want the flyer, you can reach out to me directly and I can send that. Or you could just know to be at Harper Court Apartments next week in Hyde Park at 10 a.m. Uh, on a Tuesday. And so that's what I have this week. Of course, we are always here to offer services and support. We just wrapped up our last uh, workshop. It was a three-day workshop on job readiness and went very well. The individuals that participated um, really enjoyed it. We have appointments with them next week and they're all ready to get to work. And we are here to service you as well. If you're interested in learning more about Chicago Urban League and the services or programs we offer, we have orientation every Thursday at 9 a.m. We do ask if you have a resume to bring it along with two pieces of ID. But if you don't have those things, don't let that stop you from coming out to get support from us. We are here to serve you. If you have more questions or need more information, my email address is kpearson at thechicagourbanleague.org and our phone number is 773-624-8828. Okay. 
that is, uh, as always, I think a, just a great lineup of, of opportunities. So thank oh, you wonderful. so much. Yeah. My pleasure. All right. So I guess we're going to do this again next week. Yes. Okay. As always, I, I look forward to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, don't work too hard. Uh, and I know that's, you know, I probably shouldn't have even said that, but try not to work too hard, okay? Mm, I will try. definitely try that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kim. Thank you so much. Uh, and we'll thank do it again you. next week. All right. Absolutely. Take care, everybody. All right, Radio Slam family. That is our show for the day. We thank you for joining us. Uh, we remind you about the May 4th Sound Vision Dinner. Uh, our featured keynote speaker is Congresswoman Ilhan Omar. Get your tickets at soundvision.com forward slash Ilhan. That's soundvision.com forward slash Ilhan. There will be no tickets sold at the event, so you have to get your tickets ahead of time. So go there, get your tickets. We're looking forward to seeing you there. Uh, we thank our engineers over at WCEV for making sure we comfortable, loud and clear. I'm your host and producer, Tariq Alameen. Our executive producer is Abdul Malik Mujahid. And we remind you that the views expressed by the host and our guest are theirs and not to be taken as a representation of Sound Vision Foundation. And with that, we're going to leave you as we greeted you. Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you.